Well, good morning, church, and happy Easter. Uh, grateful to be with you this morning celebrating the risen Lord Jesus. And this morning, uh, we are going to be looking at the promise of Easter. And then we're going to be looking at the surprising context that that promise is found in from our Lord Jesus this morning. And so let's look at this amazing promise that Jesus gives to us, the amazing promise of Easter, the hope of Easter, the hope of the resurrection that's found in John uh, chapter 14. We're going to be in verses 1 through 6. And Jesus uh, looks at you and I, looks at his disciples, and tells us this, this Easter morning. Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Now we could stop right there, and that would be almost enough for us right now in this season that we find ourselves in. But Jesus, uh, on this Easter morning, says this to you and I, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, and believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now Jesus here, uh, in verse 3, he says, I will come again. He says, I will come again. Now this is, that's the resurrection. He could not say that. He couldn't say, I'm going to come again without the resurrection. Only a, a living, risen Christ could say, I will come again. So on this Easter Sunday morning, I want us to rejoice that Christ has risen and that he will one day come again back for us, us sons and daughters of his. And so we want to rejoice this Easter morning in two things. One, that he died on the cross and that he rose victoriously on the third day, conquering sin and death and shame and granting to us life and fullness and blessing and hope. And then number two, second thing I want us to rejoice in is in the second coming of Christ. When he tells us right here, he says, I'm going to come again. I'm going to come back. And we rejoice in the second coming knowing that the future of this broken world that we find ourselves in right now belongs to Christ because of the resurrection, because of our hope in the resurrection. Our future hope, our future hope has been purchased by the risen Jesus because of Easter. So church, what other hope is big enough who else will bring justice to injustice? Who else will restore creation that is so broken, that is so fleeting? Who else will rebuild a new heaven and a new earth that will flourish forever and ever and ever? Who else will wipe away sickness 
and will wipe out viruses that so cripple us because of sin that has crippled this world. The risen Christ, when he comes again, will. That's the great hope of Easter. See, our world has is, is been damaged by sin. Our world is, is, is plagued with sickness, as we are all very well aware. And as I've been watching the news, as I've been reading uh, the news, as we've kind of looked at the landscape that we find ourselves in today, I don't see any leader I don't see any preacher. I don't see any political figure. I don't even see any cosmic process that provides a credible and true hope for us outside of the risen Lord Jesus when he comes back again in power. And so the amazing thing here in John chapter 14 is that Jesus himself makes us a promise and Jesus never breaks his promise. Um, he gives us his word. And we can bank on the words of Jesus. They are always true. And so what is that promise? He looks at us, he looks at his disciples, and he says, uh, I will come again. This is an amazing promise that because of the resurrection, because he has conquered sickness, sin, death, and shame, we now have tremendous hope in that promise from the Lord Jesus. But here's the, here's, the, here's the crazy thing about that promise that he gives to us in John 14, is the context in which Jesus gives us this promise. It's the most surprising thing of all about this. Uh, and it's so easily missed. Um, I want us to look at it. It's, it's remarkable. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's almost unthinkable when you realize that promise that he gives us, that he's coming back again, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, the context of our resurrection hope is found in the most surprising way. And then he says, not only that, not, he says, I'm coming back for you and I'm going to take you to be where I'm at. I'm preparing this amazing place for you in my father's house. There are many rooms in the context of all of this. Right before he gives us this promise, John 13, the very section before this, John 13 verses 36 through 38 is the context of the great resurrection promise that Jesus gives to us. Listen to these words, the context of that promise. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answers him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Church, the context for Jesus' promise that he will come back for us, that he has not left us alone, that he is right now preparing a place in heaven, in glory, a perfect place for us to dwell with him in forever and ever and ever. The context for our greatest hope, 
the context for uh, the hope of future glory with Christ is not triumph, is not our great action, is not our great effort, and it's not uh, our great mustering uh, abilities that we have in and of ourselves. The context of the great promise that Jesus gives to us because of the resurrection is our denials of him in his greatest time of need. It's our betrayals of him. Isn't that incredible? The promise of heaven because of the resurrection, the promise of hope in the face of great trial was made to traitors, was made to cowards, and was made to backstabbers and deniers. You know what that means? This is really good news for me. This is really good news for you, church. That means that his grace is for anyone That means the grace of the Lord Jesus is for you and it's for me. Especially when we don't have it all together. Especially when we don't have all the answers. Especially when we've sinned and failed and fallen and betrayed and denied even him. His great grace, his uh, conquering of sin and death covers our shame, and our guilt, and it's by the power of the Lord Jesus that we're ushered into this great hope, not by our own merits. So church, we don't deserve this great promise. Every single one of us, starting with me, has denied Jesus many, 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 many times with our words, with our actions, and with our thoughts. Over and over again, we have failed him just like Peter. But Easter tells us this, that that promise that he's coming back for you, that he's preparing a place for you, can be ours because of the work of Christ, because of Easter, because he got out of the grave. And so that reality, that promise, can be our North Star, our constant however dark the night may be. We can always find our hope. We can always uh, be found secure in it. It can be yours today. It can be mine today because of Christ. And so all we have to do is receive it. It's an undeserved gift of grace and mercy. And the way we get it is very surprising. We can't earn it. Uh, We can't muster it up on our own. Uh, We simply bring our empty hands of faith. Uh, And sometimes that's hard for us to do, but it's so freeing because Jesus has done it all for us and we bring our empty hands of faith and we believe and we trust him. And so Easter, the promise of Easter, the context of Easter, that surprising context tells us three things. It tells us that we are welcomed in fully. It tells us that we are provided for, even in the midst of our doubt. And it tells us, lastly, that we are safely on our way to glory if Jesus is the way we choose. So first, quickly, 
Easter tells us that we are welcomed in. Look at verse 14. Jesus looks at us. He looks at his disciples and he says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Jesus opens the door. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. He says, but believe, meaning trust me. Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knew everything about Peter. He knew that Peter would deny him. And he says to me, and he says to you, and he said to Peter, don't let your heart be troubled. I know what's out in front of you. He says, stop denying me. He says, I'm going to care for you. The greatest blessing in the world is trusting and following me. I'm your greatest hope, he tells us. And the way into this great hope is not by trusting ourselves, like so many people will tell you, but it's by entrusting fully our hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus. We pin all of our hopes on him. We push all of our chips in on him. We put all our eggs in one basket. And that's on him, the Lord Jesus. He says, stop trusting in your own efforts, in your own ways, and start letting your heart find rest in me. You can trust me. He says, I've got you. And secondly, this Easter, we can know because of this promise that we're provided for. Uh, That we're provided for. That's an amazing promise. Verse 2, Jesus looks at you and I, And he says this, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have, would I have told you that I had to go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Here's what Jesus is saying to us this Easter morning. He says, My father's house is big. Um, And he's saying, I'm going to the cross. And then I'm going to go into that tomb. And I'm going to be raised up from the dead, conquering sin and death on the third day. And then I'm going to return to my father's house to do something. And that which I'm doing is I am going there to complete a place for you. To finish a place for you, a lasting place, a good place, a beautiful place, a place of truth and goodness that's full of peace and the welcome of God. And when you step from this world into that world and you've placed your faith and hope and trust in me, Jesus says, you're going to look around And you're going to think, he thought of me. You're going to think to yourself, this is exactly everything I need. This is incredible. Because, did you catch it? Jesus didn't say, uh, he's just going to prepare a place. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. For you. And he says, I'm preparing it for you. I'm not going to forget you. It's for you. What Jesus is essentially saying is that heaven 
his father's house, the presence of God, our great hope, glory in heaven is incomplete until you get there to occupy the place that he is preparing for you. That's incredible. What tremendous hope. That's because of Easter. He says three times in this chapter, I'm going to come for you. I'm coming back for you. I will not leave you as orphans. So how, church, how do these disciples who were cowards in the face of Jesus' crucifixion become heroes by the end of the story? How? Um, it's by the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus that they're changed. Not by their own efforts and not by fear, but by the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus. They change. And that great hope is for you and I this morning. And lastly, we are safely on our way to heaven if Jesus is the way that we choose. Listen to this, verse four. <clears throat> and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas asked the question that I think all of us would have asked right here. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? That's a great question. And Jesus says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Easter proves that Jesus is the way to God, that Jesus is the truth of God, and that Jesus is the life of God offered to us, the undeserving. That's what he claimed for himself, and that's what he tells us to believe and to trust. And so this Easter church, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in Jesus. He is risen. The risen Christ is now at work preparing a place for you. Uh, and we can trust him because he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. So embrace all that he is for you today. Trust Jesus for your future. He's got you. He's on the throne. He knows what he's doing. And church, maybe anyone watching here this morning, if you've never placed your trust and faith in this risen Christ that did all the work for us, that can take even deniers and cowards and still say, let not your heart be troubled, I got you. I even know where you've fallen and where you failed and where you will fail again, but let my grace and love and mercy change you. Let the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus produce in you life and faith, knowing that he holds all things together in the palm of his hands and he holds you together. And so if you've never trusted him, I can't think of a better day than today, this Easter morning, knowing that he has risen and conquered sin and death for you and he offers you life and life to the full and he offers you tremendous hope, tremendous hope. 
place your faith and trust in him today, knowing that he is risen and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray together this morning, church. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the tomb is empty. Lord, that you uh, conquered sin and death and shame on our behalf. And Lord, you did the work necessary so that we now can, those that by faith place our trust and hope in you, God, we know that our future is secure, our hope is secure, not because of our own efforts, but because of you. And so we worship you, we trust you. God, I pray for any out there here this morning that don't know you, God, would you stir in their hearts, would they place their faith and trust in the risen Lord Jesus, in the good news of the gospel that conquers fear and shame and sin and death and guilt and gives to us the undeserving life and life everlasting and a hope of glory one day with you. We love you and we trust you and thank you that you are on the throne. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.